Now, today's gospel story is a good one, and it has a line in it that we may all be able to kind of quote, at least some of us, off the top of our head. Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's. Give to God the things that are God's. That's a good line that Jesus has, and one that kind of sticks with us and has stuck with people for centuries. Now, Jesus, in this moment when he tells this story, is near the end of his earthly ministry. In fact, just a few days prior to this, he had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, that moment that we remember in Palm Sunday. And just a day or two from now, he's going to have the Last Supper with his disciples. So right now, Jesus is really a target. And Jesus knows that as the leadership approaches him at any point, they're going to be trying to trip him up. And so right now, as a target, he receives this question from the Pharisees with his eyes wide open. Now, being a public speaker is a unique kind of job. And as you know, I speak publicly relatively often. And I think that here in this moment, Jesus is kind of using his public persona to his benefit. Now, if you can imagine, as Jesus has asked this question from the Pharisees, that the people around him would have perked up a little bit and maybe leaned in just a little bit to see what Jesus was going to say. And why? Well, because he was a public speaker. I was talking to a friend the other day about how St. Michael has been producing all of this content since the quarantine began, all these random videos, teachings, and talks, and of course, on Sunday mornings. We have lots of videos going out, and I said all of them are really well received, but I definitely notice that when a video is live, it tends to be viewed more often. And my friend said, well, of course it's viewed more often because everybody wants to watch what could turn out to be a train wreck. And I thought, ah, that is so true. And if you know that that to be true, then watch this afternoon with Bishop Curry. Um, but what we find here with Jesus is a moment where he's live. He's drawn a lot of attention. People are watching his every move. And the Pharisees ask him this very pointed question. And people lean in because his answer is likely going to be a train wreck one way or the other. I mean, think about the position that Jesus has put in here. He's asked whether he should pay taxes. Now, if he says he shouldn't pay taxes, then he really gets on Rome's bad side. Rome has already shown that rebels who say that they should not pay taxes, that they should not show allegiance to Rome, will be killed. But on the other hand, if Jesus says, you should pay taxes, well then, what about all the people who have given up their whole lives to follow him? People who have seen in him some kind of promise for something better. Wouldn't he be giving that up to say, yeah, yeah, go do everything Rome tells you to do? Jesus, they think, is caught in this really difficult place. But of course, as we know, Jesus very wisely threads that needle. He answers the question by not really answering their question. And instead, says something quite profound. You see, this question about money matters. Because money matters. Money matters more than it should to us. Money really can reveal our allegiance. 
It can reveal what we value most. We know how much money mattered then, and we certainly know how much money matters now. Think about money. Think about how we treat money. How we treat money says a whole lot about our character, who we are, what we value, and the habits that we create around the way that we spend and use money are habits that, whether we like it or not, form us. They make us who we are. And over time, that can be good and that can be dangerous. We are in week six of our discipleship series, and I'm actually quite pleased with the effect that the discipleship series has been having on so many people because I hear every week about the ways in which people are engaging their own discipleship with a lot more depth. If you've not been taking advantage of our daily podcasts and the daily journaling, then I encourage you to start now. It doesn't mean you've missed anything. Just pick that journal up, start today, and start wondering about what God is doing in your life and how God is raising you up as a disciple. Now, this feedback I've received has all been good, because many people have begun to challenge the habits that they have set for their lives. They've begun to challenge the assumptions that they've made just simply by living the same way for a long time. These habits are really the root of discipleship. We can talk a lot about theology, we can talk a lot about big ideas, but what it really comes down to is, what do you do every day? How do you spend your time? What is most important to you? A few days ago, I ran into a friend down in Preston Center at lunchtime, and he was telling me about the struggles that he has had at work. And I won't go into those details, but I left that conversation and reflected on what that conversation really meant. And I realized that what was rooted in that conversation was this very fundamental idea that we are imperfect and we make mistakes. And I don't think that's a newsflash. I think we all understand that God has made us wonderfully and emphatically imperfect. And our imperfection can often be a source of struggle. But I think that imperfection is a source of opportunity. You see, we, in our beautiful imperfection, have an opportunity to move closer to God if we listen to the way that God calls to each of us. There are moments in our lives that really call out to us, get our attention, wake us up from all of the ingrained habits that we have created, and it gives us a chance to actually make a change. No matter what brought you here this morning, I think we all know that we can find something good here. Find something good not only in Scripture, in God's story, but find something good in one another. Find hopefulness in this community. Perhaps even find renewed purpose to live differently. Our world is probably more imperfect than even we are. And the world in its mess is a wake-up call for us. We are in our own ways living in this mess that can bring us down if we're not careful that can also be the wake-up call that we need to actually make a change in our life, a change for the good to start new habits and to live those new habits in a way that turn us wherever we are and point us back home, point us back to God. 
As I was reflecting for the sermon, I was reminded of a story I heard a few years ago from a friend who grew up in New Orleans. Y'all know if you know anyone from New Orleans, New Orleans is weird, delightfully weird, but weird. And she told the story of her dog, her childhood dog, who used to get out in its sneaky ways from their fence. And the dog would get out and they would go sniffing down the block and he would find trash and he would find other people and he would find other yards. And whenever they realized the dog was missing, they would have to go find the dog. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever gone looking for your dog when they've gotten out of the fence, it's not easy. You're running around like a crazy person, yelling to nobody, trying to find this quiet little dog that has gotten behind a bush or behind a fence or behind something else. And finally, when you hopefully find your dog, getting the dog to actually come to you or get in your car is the second big challenge. And so they would go down the block looking for their dog and they would call and call and call and finally find this dog until one night as they were searching for the dog, they heard fireworks go off in the distance. And that little popping sound, the little booming popping out in the distance. And a few seconds later, they saw their dog come tearing down the street and one right into their house. And they went, ha ha, interesting. And so the next time the dog got out of the yard, they grabbed a few firecrackers, threw them out in the street. It popped really loud. And sure enough, seconds later, that dog came tearing back home. What I find interesting about that story is that in a way, we're all that dog. We have a home. We have love and care and grace that surrounds us on every side. And yet, we just never quite lose that sense of wanting more. And so we often get out of our yard. We often exceed our boundaries. And we go sniffing around trying to find that something more. And ultimately, what we find can be scary. We can find a world that is unknown, a world that is unsure, a world that does not care about us. And sometimes, if we're lucky, we may hear some firecrackers go off and realize, realize that the world that we have found ourselves in is not the world where we belong. But instead, we are being called back home. We, we are created by a God who made us beautifully and imperfectly and who loves every imperfection. And yet we wander and we seek and we want more than what God has offered. But occasionally, if we're lucky, we find ourselves in a place where we can be scared just enough to turn around and begin to come back home. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus reminds us that the stuff of the world belongs to the world, but the beautiful stuff of God belongs here, belongs with each other, belongs to God himself. Listen to the call that God is making on each of our lives, because you and I are being called back home, and now in this messy world, now is the time to commit and recommit and double down to that kind of community that God promises us, the kind of community that we have here at St. Michael. We are given an opportunity again now 
to turn, to recommit, and to invest ourselves in this community. And in doing so, create the kind of habits that will help us become more and more the people we wish we want to become. So our discipleship journey is one that challenges us. Our discipleship journey is one that challenges us to do more and be more than we can ever be on our own. Now is the opportunity for us to grab hold of one another, to link arms with one another, and to be the kind of community that God wishes us to be. When God calls you out there, come on back home. Amen.